Well, hello, one and all. I hope you're well. There's been a bit of a gap in podcasting, at least from my end, uh, and I am very sorry. I know it's been a while since I've sat down in front of a microphone, but here I am. Uh, we are back. We're sitting down. Uh, there's just me and my trusty Rode broadcaster microphone. And in this podcast, in the subsequent podcast, you're going to hear an interview I actually recorded with Scott Johnson while we were at the Societies of Photographers Convention 2019 uh, in West London. Yes, I know it's taken me a while to get this one cut and there's another one to follow, uh, but I hope it's worth it. Uh, so enjoy this listen. Oh my goodness, it's good to be back. Uh, I've missed doing the recordings, but uh, we've had to do a few bits. I've had to move the office around for one. Uh, I kept feeling like I was being left out. I can't help it. I was getting jealous. Sarah and Michelle were sitting down one end of the office or the studio, and I was sat down the other end on my own uh, where I did the edits and colour corrections and things, and it just annoyed me because <laughs> I could hear them laughing, and I just felt like I was on my own and being talked about and not having as good a time as they were. So I've moved myself. I've moved myself down the end of the office with them. So we're now one happy team, or at least I'm a happy team member. I think they quite liked it, getting me out of the way. Uh, but I'm now back where I feel I should be, right in the middle of things. And, of course, that means it's taken us a minute to get everything sorted, and I've only just plugged all of the microphones uh, and bits and pieces back together. But we've also been away running the Two Fellows Workshop alongside David Stanbury. A uh, wonderful wedding photographer. Uh, and we we did the, the workshop in Italy. It was the Graffi Studio, of course, Castello Ciccone, uh, high above uh, Venice in the Dolomite Mountains. Just a stunning location, a one-week workshop, uh, 10 delegates, and a fantastic time. It was hot, it was sunny, there was laughter, there was wine. Just a brilliant week. Uh, we thought about this long and hard. In fact, we've been talking about doing a workshop like this for about three years, I think. Finally got round to it this year, the Two Fellows Workshop, uh, where one of us is a wedding specialist and one of us is a portrait specialist because if we have understood most of the market correctly, most social photographers do a little bit of both. And so uh, we had a full day of portrait photography, a full day of wedding photography, and then a full day of the business uh, of both, plus an awful lot more besides uh, a very, very, very successful workshop. The feedback has been just amazing. And so, yes, we are going to be running that again next year. The dates are already confirmed. That's in the diary. We have booked our space in Graffy Studios, wonderful training facility, uh, high in the mountains. I uh, hope the weather has booked as well. But we have booked ourselves in. It is going to be from May the 10th to May the 15th next year. That's May the 10th to May the 15th, 2020. So if you're interested, uh, please do drop Drop me an email at paul at paulwilkinsonphotography.co.uk. That's paul at paulwilkinsonphotography.co.uk. We are still finalising the details. Uh, but we've lined up pretty much everything. Most of it is confirmed. Uh, we will release the prices uh, as soon as we can once we've figured out all of the maths behind it. Sarah uh, is busily doing that. But if you're interested, then say do email me. Uh, you can also hop across to the two fellows.co.uk. Uh, that is T H E number two fellows, F E L O W S, the two fellows.co.uk. Uh, there are details of this year's course on there. I'm in the process of updating it to put next year's up. Uh, again, have a look at that. If it tickles your fancy and you fancy spending five days immersed in the most beautiful scenery uh, with a couple of photographers who specialize, one of us in weddings, one of us in portraiture, uh, then it might just be your thing so drop us a line 
Right, on to this particular interview. Now, I recorded this way back in January, and I really wished I managed to get it out sooner, but hopefully it's worth the wait. This is with a photographer who not only do I think he's an amazing guy and I love being in his company, but he's a wonderful uh, wedding photographer. And if you don't take my word for that, take the WPPIs, because he recently, uh, subsequent to recording the interview, he won uh, in the Honours of Excellence Awards the Creative Division of Wedding Contemporary with the most stunning image of a bride under a parasol. Uh, to see that and the rest of his work, if you can head across to theedgephotography.co.uk, uh, theedgephotography.co.uk. Now, we recorded this interview. I went looking for the quietest space I could find at the convention, and that turned out to be the restaurant, or at least that's how it should have been. When we sat down, it was quiet. The management had said it would stay that way. Uh, but about halfway through the interview, I swear, I swear, people started to just rattle cutlery in saucepans and shake wine glasses around just to irritate the hell out of me. Uh, so forgive us for <laughs> some laughter uh, and some uh, sort of culinary sound effects midway through the interview. Uh, but I hope you still enjoy it. And I asked Scott straight out the gate, how did he get to be in this particular industry of ours? So I've had my company, which is The Edge Photography, since 2006. Uh, it was a kind of, a, I'm, I'm going to be very, very honest. Uh, I was working for somebody else. I'd been shooting weddings for about 18 months and I was doing more weddings than he was. So I kind of thought to myself, I can do it by myself. I, I'm good enough, I, feel, I had the confidence, I knew about the wedding, and I was sick and tired of kind of earning really bad money from his, um, from his weddings. So it was May Day, 2006, May 2nd, and I was in a pub. I'd had about four pints of Stella, and I gave myself the courage to go home, log on to company's house, and register the company while I was absolutely steaming drunk. <laughs> And that is the honest, most honest answer I can give you. But it's been a, it's been a rocky road. We survived the, the 2008 crash, which, yep. we, which we felt in 2010. And I kind of thought, you know what, if we can survive that, we can survive anything. Yeah. And here we are in 2019 and we're still going strong. But have you always been a photographer? Did you have a career prior to being a photographer? It, uh, yes and no. So I left college at 17. What did you study? I, IT, funny enough. Yeah, I did very well at IT at GCSE. Uh, but I didn't, like, I didn't like to learn it anymore. I got to a point where I think I want to go and work. I'm on, I don't want to be education anymore. I want to go and go and work. So I applied for everything in the back of the Essex Chronicle. And in the back of the Chronicle, there was a, uh, uh, an advert for a professional photographic laboratory. And they were paying £100 a week. And I thought, oh, I like £100 a week. So I applied for it, got the job. And it was from there, I was uh, doing black and white contact sheets. I was proofing weddings, um, 120 film. So we had an old Durst 502. So you put the negative in, you put it up, you spin the dials around, hit the button, you come down, next thing on, up and down. It was a laborious process, but it taught me very early on about cropping. I could read a negative quite well. And that was, that was perfect. Anyway, it was after about a couple of years, a guy came on um, and he just finished working on cruise ships. And he came in and he was tanned, he had a nice car, he had, you know, his teeth were white, it's Essex, so his teeth are gonna be white. And he told me all these stories about what you got up to, where he went. I, I was 22 and I thought, I think I quite fancy that. And uh, I applied to a company and within three weeks later, I got be offered a contract. Four months later, the ship came up and, um, and that was it. We were, on, we were on the Infinity and we sailed around the Caribbean for, for nine months. And uh, <laughs> I've never looked back since. 
And how many cruises did you do in the end? How long did you hold the contract? I had one contract in the end. It was something that I, it was, I was a young 22 when I went on. I was, I, my 23rd birthday was a week after I joined and I was very immature at 22 and 23. I had no world experience. I was, I was as green as you like. Um, and it really brought me out of my skin. But very early on, what I saw was people that had been doing it for 10, 15 years had become very institutionalized to the, to the role. Had no house, no family, and I didn't, I knew eventually one day I'd want, a, I'd want a family and I knew if I stuck on it at doing the cruises for five six years that would be all I know and I didn't want that so I did I did one contract of nine months I was like right that's that box ticks and then we got back and we carried on and that's, that's why I joined the photographer. What do you think you learned from being a cruise photographer? You know, I think the people skill aspects, you know, it's, um, you're on commission and if you don't take any pictures, <laughs> you don't get paid. And I was on my first, my first month, um, we, I was a trainee, I was number seven and I was on 0.065%. That was what my contract was. So of all the money we made as a team, I got 0.65%. So I knew the more, I, the more pictures I took, the better I was, the more I could interact with people, the more we could sell, which means the more money I could spend in the crew bar. Uh, and and, and that, was, that was it. And then it wasn't until the April I was bumped up to number six, I was on a whole 1.05% of our turnover. Um, and it's the people skills moving forward to wedding photography. Uh, I, I used to struggle with deck shots in Panama. So we go up on Panama and my, my very good friend, Paul Shillings was my manager. And he would say, right, I want you to, don't come back downstairs till we have six rolls of film. So I'd go up to people and say, hi, would you like your photograph taken? They go, no. <laughs> so I'd move along the line. Hi guys, I'm one of the onboard photographers. Can I take your photograph? They would say no. And I would go up and down. I'd, I'd take 12 exposures. I thought, Christ, I'd be up here for hours. And then my friend, uh, my friend Mo was Jamaican, long-term cruises. I think he's still on the ships. He went, boy, watch me. And he went, right guys, turn around, squeeze in, stand there, smile, bang. Right guys, I'm coming to you next. Stand there, turn around, smile. And he went, bang, 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 bang. He did six rolls in 40 minutes. I'm like, that's how I have to do it. And I still do it now. So I'm doing casual shots at weddings. I don't ask, I politely tell them they're gonna have their photograph taken. And it works and I get every single couple. And it's still something that I do now from, from 2003. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, and do you think learning on film was a good thing? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I mean, we shot with FM2, Nikon FM2s. Um, and Paul gave me a broken 50mm lens at 1.8 and a flash gun, a manual sunpack flash. And he says, right, I want you to shoot, shoot uh, portraits in the dining room. And it was broken, so it only focused within six feet. So we had to judge six foot and 16 power flash, 65.6. I'll never forget those settings. That's, that's <laughs> what it was. ISO 200 film. But it made us very aware to get things right in camera. And I'm still to this day, I'm banging on to all the people I speak to on my, on my workshops and people that ask me. I'm like, rule number one, get it right in camera. Because I think the digital technology is a blessing and a curse because there's too much. You can just go bang, 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 bang. And you got one print. Whereas being methodical and making it right, one, it looks really cool back of camera when you show a bride, if you want to show a bride. And two, it means you spend less time editing in Photoshop, yeah. in my opinion. And my little girl's five, so I want to spend more time with her than I do yeah. upstairs in Photoshop. Yeah. Did you spend time in the darkroom? Were you a darkroom junkie? I or? was initially in the lab. Um, yeah, I lost many good white T-shirts to developer. <laughs> uh, I have many white T-shirts uh, that I lost to, to Dev. Um, so in the lab, yes, we, were, it was in the dip, it, we had um, professional machines, but it was put in one end and it would churn it out the other oh. end, so it wasn't a, a at school, 
just about touched on it, but yeah. not not really. And on ships, we had Fuji Frontiers. So it was again, it was just a neck scanner, and it sent it down the wire to the printer. It's still work process, which when you're kind of pitching urine, trying to stop the bleach going in the dev, is very interesting. Uh, but so <laughs> yeah, so a little bit uh, yeah. But I, I I enjoyed at school taking the picture, developing the negative, and then watching it just kind of happen in the train in front yeah, of you. Yeah. That's mad. You can't you can't teach kids that these days. Well, you can. Well, you can. Yeah, you can. But they <laughs> just... But it's all instant. It's all on the iPhone. It's yeah. all. I think the magic is lost of seeing something you've you've taken magically appear in front of you out of nothing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's special. So you're. Uh, I think you would call yourself a dedicated wedding photographer. Do you do much portrait work, or is it all weddings uh, these days? It's all weddings. I will do uh, pre and post shoots. So couples will come in and say we're a little bit nervous. I say don't worry about it. Let's have an hour at a park somewhere. I won't charge you. You know, if you want to go ahead and book, we'll, we'll do it for free. Just so they can find a bit about me, I can find a bit about them. Uh, but what I enjoy doing more is a post-wedding shoot. Right. I do a lot more of that. Yeah. So I'll do two or three of those a year where I'll go and source a location. I'll pick the right bride from the weddings that I've shot all year to fit the location I want to shoot in, and we make something magical happen. And that, that's what I enjoy more. In bridal gowns or? Yeah, bridal gowns, yes. Yeah. So I, I, my, one of the first shoots we ever did was in 2012, and I had an idea of putting a couple in the underground in London. So I got the bride and groom dressed up went into into London and spent five hours underground like a mole it was uh, it was brilliant but then we got some odd looks yeah but then it's London so everyone gets odd looks in London uh, and that was kind of the start of it I entered them into the print competition some did quite well and it was from there the name kind of who I was and what I could do was starting to kind of broach out and that was the path really to where I am now okay and you're based in Essex aren't you I'm in Chelmsford yeah the birthplace of radio is that right it's where Marconi signed a patent in Chelmsford right? it's, yeah that. yeah so uh, yeah I'm in, I'm in Essex so we, uh, completely irrelevant <laughs> Yeah, of photography, yeah, but of great. Course, yeah, but if it, in uh, I, I spoke at WPPI uh, last year, and people said, "Where's Chelmsford?" So I did a, a keynote about Marconi yep. and gave them a bit of history where I'm from, because everyone thinks, "Oh, you're from London." Actually, I'm 30 miles north of London. Yeah. But you try and tell an American, "I'm in Chelmsford." Where's that? So it's just easier to say London. But uh, and, is, and in the area you're in, is there anything about the market there that's peculiarly Chelmsford? Um, we, we're very blessed where we are. Henry VIII used to build a lot of properties when he was monarch. Uh, we have some stunningly beautiful venues, uh, you know, red bricks, and it, it, it's beautiful. And you, you can't throw a stone without hitting two wedding venues in Essex. We're very, very blessed. We have some of the best, I think, the best venues in the country where right. we are. And what we have is a lot of clientele that are working in London that can afford the nice venues and therefore can afford the photography to match the venue that they're getting married in. I think that, I think that's a big, a big thing. And uh, do you find? I mean, you, you know, like me, you talk to a lot of photographers. Yeah. Do you find your market conditions match those across the UK, or are you in a peculiar pocket? Or I, I don't want to use the B word. I think the Brexit thing is going to have a big effect. I think because a lot of people are uncertain about jobs in mm. London, and therefore they're kind of a little bit cagey. But I think we are very affluent in Essex. I think yeah. we're very lucky to be where we are. You speak to someone, you know, in the northeast, northwest, southwest, and there, there's not as much money going around. Yeah. I think we're very, very fortunate to be in that kind of commuter belt yeah. from maybe Oxford to Ipswich, and then back down to maybe Bournemouth. South Southampton, yeah. it's that kind of area. We're, I think we're quite blessed. I think well, we're we are. in Ox around Oxford where we are. It's. I think. I think it's going to be all right. Yeah. You know, it's okay. I mean, yeah. I think. I think weddings. I think we do a flat year. Yeah. I think 2019 is going to be the flat year. Um, and we've had a very since 2010, which is when I felt the recession hit. Um, and I think we, we do a, a slow one, but 2020 is looking good. Yeah. Looking good. I've even booked 2021. 
of sitting here now, it's crazy to think, yeah. I'll, be, I'll be 41, Paul, in 2021. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not ready for that. 41. I, I did one wedding and they booked three years away. Yeah. And by the time I photographed the wedding, they'd gone from a family of four to a family of five, and wow. the youngest was walking. Yeah. And in the time I, between meeting them, that's the crazy. And then, yeah. But they wanted to save up for it, so fair enough. Yeah. You know, but it's I great, couldn't... isn't it? Great to know that someone is so passionate about what we do as image yeah. makers. They want to get you locked in because they're scared they're not going to get you. What's, and that's cool. What's the best thing about photographing a wedding? For you you? Know, uh, yeah. As you know, you shoot weddings a lot. The wedding day itself, I could we could go through it and talk you start to finish. <laughs> it's the people that I get to work with I'm, yeah. from the ships. It really brought me out of my shell. I'm a pe I'm a big people person. Yeah. I like to make connections. I like to make. I've got long term friends now that I photographed. I'm godparents to one of my brides I shot in 2008. Wow. So uh, we're very good friends. Uh, and that is, for me, is why I love doing what I do. It's, I'm just, I just like to talk. I'm a chatty man. <laughs> I'm a chatty man. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, the biggest compliment I get is when couples say, uh, guests say, how do you know the bride and groom? I said, I don't. Oh, we thought you were one of their old friends because I just try and fit in. And if you become... Yeah unobvious to wedding guests, you can get them all natural shots. I find that really, really helps with, yeah. in the photography that I do. For you, when you, you're putting together, um, uh, you, you're shooting a wedding and then so obviously there's the there's the the sell of the wedding yeah. and then there's the post. What do you include in your normal options and then what do you, what happens in the post process? What extra sales and things are So we always offer albums. Um, I used to do a USB only. Sorry, Jeremy, if you're listening. Uh, I, <laughs> used to do, I used to do a USB only coverage, uh, which nearly uh, brought the business to a finish, if I'm honest. I had a couple of bad experiences. Um, but then I made the decision in 2014 to go digital, uh, sorry, uh, album only. Yeah. If they want to buy the USB, they're welcome to do so, but we offer albums every single coverage that comes in. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah, no, we, we're, we're exactly the same. Uh, but do you, does, is it, what I'm trying to get to is it, is mm. it closed sale, so you have a contract for a wedding and that's it, or there's the opportunity to sell more images oh, or more always. spreads? Yeah, always. And yeah. how do you do it? Images or spreads? Uh, spreads. Spread. Yeah, yeah. So basically, I'm a paper salesman yeah. <laughs> that takes pictures. So yeah, we include uh, the first amount of spreads, it depends on what budget they're trying to work towards. So they include X, Y, or Z spreads. And then it's, it's um, I will always try and upsell more. So the average album leaves the studio with between 25 and 30 spreads in, and we, we include the first 20. Right. Uh, so I'll do a pre-design on the album. I'll take the pictures. I'll say this is what I think it should look like. You can feel, please feel free to say no or say we just can't afford the extras if that's the case. We use Fundy software. We can redesign the album quite quickly, and it's, it's yeah. no problem. Yeah. But I think the upsell take last year was about 80% of uh, client bride and grooms were, so were upselling. So 80% of the clients you upsold. Yes. And typically, what is that upsell in proportion? To, I won't ask you the actual yeah, fees no, numbers, fine. but the proportions. Um, and about another third of the initial coverage. Okay. I would say yeah. Some Sometimes you get a good one where they want to put the video screen in the album yep. or buy parents' books, and you can almost have the same again. Yep. Like the old days of when you well, in '98 when I was photographing or printing the pictures from the lab, photographers would easily say to me, "We'd make more money on reprints than we did on the coverage." Yep. And if you can catch an upgrade where you get the same as, if not a bit more, as the initial spend, then I'm then I'm happy. But yeah, yeah I would say about a, about a third to a half of what the average upgrade is going to be. Why graphic? Why not? Well, you can list them off. But why Graphy in particular? I, I started with other suppliers because um, Graphy have quite a stringent process to get uh, part of their on their client base, yeah. and you have to meet certain criteria. And once I met that criteria, I kind of knew it was the one I wanted to go. 
the, the quality of the product for me was key and the fact they offer a lifetime guarantee on the binding of the album is massive because we are selling timepieces, we're selling heirlooms and I don't want my albums to fall apart in 10 years. I want them yeah. to know and I say that to my clients when they come in, this album will last you forever, just don't throw it down the stairs. <laughs> yeah. if, if they're throwing it down the stairs, the chances are they don't want the album anymore. This is true, yeah, you know, this when, is when, true. When he's thrown it or she's thrown it at the other, yeah. you know, probably, yeah. probably that's all. But so, uh, so uh, what's, I'm going to ask you just, we're sitting here in a trade conference. We are, SWPP uh, 2019. Which is all about teaching and learning. What's the best thing you were ever taught? To grow thick skin. Oh, really? That's an unusual answer. To grow thick skin. When I first started entering print competition, um, we all become very attached to our work and take any critique personally. And it was very early on that I was told, if you're going to get in a competition, you've got to grow thick skin because there are going to be some mud slung at you. There's going to be some things you're not going to like, but they will improve you as a photographer. And growing that thick skin and taking the stuff on the chin has made me into, you know, you know I'm a print judge now, so I tell the, the people the same thing. that it's nothing personal. We're just trying to help you improve to get better. Better. and everyone that's saying you to, that is saying something that you might not necessarily agree with will help you down the road at some point down yeah. the line I think that's really important to grow thick skin <laughs> uh, how many weddings do you do a year I do too many Paul how many how many um, I always say I get to 50 Right. And then I'll, I'll get to 50 and think, oh, I could probably squeeze 10 more in. I know, uh, but lot. the most I ever did one year was 113. 113? Yeah, and uh, Beck, who's now my, my wife, we were, we were the first year in a flat, so I'd left full-time employment, and it was the year I got, I'm going to book everything because I have to make sure I have enough money. Yeah. And I literally booked everything, 113 weddings. I survived that year, but Beck said to me, one more year like that, and I'm going to be gone. So that was the, the kind of the process from charging more to do less. And, yeah, yeah. and we're now down to 50. You know what? I come from a cruise ship background. I'd be happy at 40. Yeah. I'd be happy at 40. I don't like to be too quiet. I like to be busy and yeah. I enjoy doing it. Yeah. And, you know, if I can get to 40, I'll be really happy. Yeah. yeah. No, it sounds, it's still quite a lot. That's still one a week. It is. Just under. Yeah. But then this, this winter, we're now in January. This winter, I'll go seven weeks without a wedding. So yeah. I try and average, you know, one a week. Okay. Um, so if you're doing one wedding a week, Week, yeah. That gives you six days to be doing other stuff. What yeah. does a typical day for you look like? Um, I, I'm, a, I'm, the, I'm the school dad. Uh, right. So my, my Beck, she's a nurse, she goes to work, she does eight till four. So I get the school run, so I get up and then uh, generally, if she's listening, she will be listening to this. She comes down, my breakfast is in a bowl waiting for me. She's very good. Oh, mate, you are going to get so much heat from I know. for that. Yeah, she's very good. Um, but then she'll go to work <laughs> and then I'll do the school run. So the time I get back in, it's five past nine, log on upstairs, emails, and just kind of plan my day. But I'll generally have a plan of what I want to do the night before. Right, tomorrow I've got to get this, this and this done. Yeah. And then by five past three, I'm on the school run again. Emily comes home, spend an hour with her. Rebecca comes in, I'm back upstairs again for a couple of hours. So that's, right. uh, that's, yeah, that's what so I So you've got that kind of balance about right, by the sense Yeah, like. I was very conscious that I didn't want to be a dad that didn't see the kids grow up. Yeah. Because it's very, as you know, you can be very caught up in, the, in your own hype and you can book everything. You can go off to trade shows here, trade shows there, do speaking. <laughs> and before you know it, she's 25 and, who's, and who, who are you kind of thing. Yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, I made a quite a conscious effort to, when she was born to slow things down a little bit more and spend a lot of time with her. That's really nice. How old is she? She's five and a half. Five and a the half. The important half, Paul, because yeah, Annie, is... I'm not five, I'm five and a half. Yeah, they count them in, don't they? Five yes. and a half, five and three quarters. Going on 15. Yeah, oh, <laughs> already. Oh, really? All oh, right, okay. Well, mine are quite a lot older. Um, what was I going to get to? Uh, I'm going to ask you a question, really. 
if you had to prioritise, you were a very successful wedding business. Mm. Uh, I haven't really said it in, to this point in the podcast, but I think your images are stunning. Thank you. Thank which you. It's quite a balancing act because you're running a business and yet creating gorgeousness yeah. uh, on people's walls and in books. If you were to say to a starting photographer, what would you prioritise, creativity or business now? If I had the start again, I would, I w I'm awful at business, awful. So it's a miracle I've got this far to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, if, um, if uh, I would, uh, again, a fine, what, is, what was that? I think they're shutting down some doors. And... Yeah. I would say a, a mixture of both. I think you, 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 running a business is like trying to spin plates. You have to, you take your eye off one, it's going to fall. So be, do a little bit of business, and, but don't lose the creativity. We are creative people by nature. Um, and ask for help. I didn't ask for any help when I was setting up. Right. And if I'd have had someone help me say, look, I think this is the way you want to be doing things, then I'd have probably gone a bit further on a bit quicker rather than making right. mistakes. We all make mistakes Hell in yeah. business. Yeah, yeah. Um, I made a few clangers, but we all do. And it's maybe a, bit, a stronger person for yeah. it. If you could give someone a single piece of advice, just if you had a seminar, we had 100 people, yeah. 100 new photographers, let's say, well, any photographers, yeah. new photographers, yeah. and you were given one slide and your opportunity to stand up, what would that one piece of advice be? Roll with the punches. Roll with the punches? Roll with the punches. That's, that's not advice, that's a song. Yeah, roll with the punches, <laughs> because there's going to be some slingers coming at you, yeah. there's going to be some right hooks and some jabs, yeah. uh, and it's knowing how to take it on the chin, and then you know take, take some on the chin to, and learn from it, and then duck the big ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think just, just yeah, roll with the and, and uh, just like Dory and Nemo, just, just, just keep swimming. Just keep, just keep, just keep swimming because it's tough. And, it is, and if I was to say here and say it's going to be an easy ride, it isn't. It's just roll with the punches, and you will if you want it. George McFly said, "If you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything." Yeah, I, I, I've always believed that, but increasingly I'm beginning to think there's quite a lot of luck involved. I know, oh, yeah. I know you make yeah. your luck, and yes. I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, but there are still lucky breaks. There are. Yeah, um, I, I had a lucky break. The best thing I ever did was put a 50 pound advert on a website. It was the most awful website in the world, but the SEO at the time was fantastic. I must have booked 60 weddings for this 50 pound advert. Uh, two glasses of one, Paul. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm listening to it in the headphones. And all I can hear is a cacophony of sound. Yeah. Stuff coming in from everywhere. This was the quiet corner. This is the quiet corner. Somebody somewhere said, get rid of those podcasters by making as much noise. <laughs> as much noise. Not, not spending any money. Make some yeah, noise. Yeah, yeah. Just go down the back and gratuitously move wine glasses. Brilliant. So, yeah, uh, yeah £50, pounds, my first advert. Right. And it was, I got so much work from it. And then the one I thought was going to do really well cost me £1,000 plus back. And that's a lot of money yeah, yeah. when you're setting up. Yeah. I didn't get anything from it. Yeah, and it's knowing goes. where to spend your money as well. Well, that's that's important. Spend yeah. your money. The worst, the worst thing. <laughs> Mrs. Johnson has just turned up for her room key. And she's the only person in the building who's quiet. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I completely lost my train of thought. What were we talking about when we've got glasses and everything else? Uh, oh yeah. The one thing I would say to people, if you're listening to this, if you ever get offered the chance to spend a lot of money on these brochures that are oh. they're created by a third party oh. on behalf of your venue. 
Say no. Kindling. They're, all they're good for is kindling. Say no. They, they will write you a nice letter and yeah. they will tell you nice things and they will take your thousands of pounds oh. from you and you will see nothing. You will return. see nothing. You will get it. one to keep and you will think you're going to get recommendations from the venue. The venue don't care. Nope. They'll be using kindling on the Christmas do. Yep. Trust don't me. Do it. Uh, what's the biggest mistake or the worst thing? Let's uh, change the story. What's the worst thing that's ever happened to you? Um, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna go back to offering just a USB. Oh really? I'm gonna. Yeah. It, it nearly brought the business down. In what way? Um, I offered a USB to a bride, and then we shot the wedding. We delivered the USB, and and that was it. We, no, post it, and it was it was done. It was about three months later where she came back and said, Look, I'm just not happy with the prints. I'm like, okay, that's, that's fine. Okay, where have you got them printed? She said boots. So okay, okay. Can you send me some prints? You know, I used to work in a lab. I know a little bit about the process, and let me have a little look. And the prints were shocking. So I gave her some prints. I, I got uh, a lab, local lab, to me to print them off and sent them back. And she, that she went away again. Then she came back, got some more prints done, and she was getting more and more nasty and more and more kind of in my ear, and she was getting personal with the attacks, and, and she said, which I even brought around to the house to show her the screen, and she was happy. Then she came back, and she was getting more. She started to spread stuff online that I was offering poor service, and, you know, bad news spreads faster than good yeah, news. Yeah. Oh, and, um, yeah, and it got to a point where I was thinking, you know what, it's just not worth it anymore, and I almost walked away from the business. Really? Yeah, 100%, 2016, yeah. That yeah. was 2016. 16. That's not that long ago. It's not. I was at a wedding and I was trying to get hold of the bride's attention to photograph her, her family. And she said to me before the wedding, I want this shot done. I was trying to achieve that. She just wasn't listening. So in my head, I'm envisaging the complaint that was already going to be coming in. Right, yep. And I thought, I've, I was still dealing with this other bride. I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm done. And I said to the, the, the Rebecca that came in, I said, I'm, I'm finished. I, I can't do it anymore. I can't do it anymore. And um, she sorted me out. She smacked me around the face, <laughs> and uh, and here we are. And I had a and a wobble, had a wobble. Proper, my first proper professional wobble was three years ago. Wow. And how do you now? I mean, having had that happen to you, how do yeah. you prevent that going forwards? Those kinds of situations where you don't have the control you want. How have you? How have you? How are you working to make that better? Albums. Just print. Give them. Give them albums because. They're, they're using iPads and phones, and the screens aren't calibrated, whereas the screens we use are calibrated. They're going to be getting beautiful wedding albums from us, and that is, that's that. They're, they're not going to get lost. Mm -hmm. And it's about the legacy, it's about longevity, and it's about a timepiece. I mean, Emily, who's five, she was three months when we got married. She looks at our wedding album more than what we do. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly where it is, and she'll say, can I, can I see the wedding album? We've got a video done, she'll put the video on, and she'll be giving it to her kids. And a USB, Apple are, I, I just digress, Apple are annoyingly brilliant. They will change their USBs, they've taken off the SD card, so the USB I gave to a client that bought it five years ago will not work in next year's machines. Yep. The album will work forever. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you, but <laughs> obviously, you know, it's interesting to, to hear it. Uh, going back to the fact where there's this wonderful trade show, which I've yet to go and look at everything, what's yeah. the best thing you've ever bought at a trade show? Oh! Gadgets and gizmos. It's full of gadgets and gizmos. You know what? What's the best thing you've ever bought? We're sitting here at SWPP convention, yep. and I was at what was now TPS, was then Focus, and yep. I was thinking about joining an association, and I was at Focus, and they said, if you join us now, we'll give you a free monopod. 
and I wanted to buy a monopod. I thought, well, 100 quid for joining and get a free monopod or spend 150 pounds on a Manfrotto. I joined SWPP and got to get my free monopod. And I'm still I'm sitting here now as a speaker and a judge and I travel the world as a, and, no, inspiring others because I, bought, <laughs> I wanted a free monopod at TPS. How, is the, how is the monopod? Rubbish. <laughs> Absolutely rubbish. It had one of these ball heads, so you could never get it straight. So you, you have the camera straight, but it was at a 40 degree angle to get to keep it straight. It was the worst thing I've ever had in my life. But if it wasn't for that free monopod, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you now. Two enough. What's the worst thing you've ever bought at a trade show? A monopod. <laughs> you can't have the same answer twice. No, no. The worst thing. We're I... always suckered in. I always look at kit and think, you know, I'd love one of those. What's the worst thing the you've worst ever spent thing money on? The worst thing I spent money on at a trade show. I, oh, I, I'm trying to think, rack my brains now. I, you know, I'm quite tight. I don't buy a lot of trade shows. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I, I will go to a trade show to look at what I'm going to buy in the next sort of four to six months, then I will buy it later on. But I, I'm very, very part of my money at a trade show, unless it's behind the bar. OK. <laughs> uh, I've, I've bought one or two drinks that have been the worst thing yeah. I've ever bought. The one too many drinks. Yes. That's definitely, I think, Yes. <laughs> no, I, I'm quite tight. I don't spend a lot of trade shows. <laughs> if you could, if you could have one of your images made the size of a building, which one would it be? Can you name I know it's, in a podcast it's a weird thing, but yeah, can you it, name it? The first image that got me noticed, I think, was one of the ones on the tube. I think it was, it was at Baker Street tube station and we got there stupidly early on a Sunday morning um, and it was one of the first prints that got me noticed and I think that is so different because back then, Photography was quite safe in weddings. There wasn't people pushing too many boundaries. Yeah. And I thought to take a bride in this beautiful wedding gown and stick her down to this grotty old train station, I think if that was to go up on a building, I think that would just sell the diversity of London itself. I think that would do quite well. That's one of my favorite images I've ever taken. And if you could that? permanently delete one image from your collection, what would it be? Oh, I've got thousands. <laughs> <laughs> I have thousands. Um, there was one I, I was offered to do a heart-shaped group shot at a wedding once. If Lee Havel's listening, <laughs> he will be he will be chuckling to this. Um, he's no, I, no, very fortunate to have no fellowships and this, that, and the other. And um, he looked up at me and said, like, with the face, "What are you doing?" And if I could take that off the portfolio, I would take that off in a heartbeat. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm quite happy for a gratuitous pun yeah. here and there. Uh, I think recently, if I remember this correctly, you've gone all mirrorless. I have. How are you finding it? I. It was the best thing I ever did. Why? It was. I was photographing a wedding on a on a mountain in the, in uh, in America, and I was on a DSLR at the time. And I thought I don't want to take this up to the mat. It's too heavy, too big, too cumbersome. So I switched to Fujifilm mm -hmm. uh, X Pro Twos, and it was light. My initial reaction from other wedding photographers was, was, "Aren't you worried about the reduction in quality going from full frame to APS-C?" I said, "There'll be a change in quality. There might be a reduction in quality. There'll be a change." Wedding photographers were going from big, heavy, clunky cameras with tapes to going these tiny, tiny cameras. Why can't we do the same as photographers? Uh, it was the best thing I ever did because I'm shooting back to my film days with an EVF viewfinder. I'm getting things right in camera. My histogram is at the bottom right-hand corner, so I know when I've got peak. I know when I've got too many blacks. You adjust exposure manually, and it's covered off the camera perfectly, near perfect, uh, and it's brought the editing time down as well. Has uh, it? Yes, yeah, yeah. I can do a wedding in a day now. Okay, is that just because you're shooting more efficiently yeah. and they're more accurate when they're yes. coming off the camera? So you don't do four or five shots, you only do, I'll do one two or, two or three. Yeah, I might take four or five for blinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But generally, because exposure is pretty much nailed on in camera, there's a, maybe a tiny adjustment in Lightroom or Capture One, whichever, you, whichever you're using, and it's 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 editing time is so much faster now. Is it? Yeah, 
Yeah. Or do you find the battery life on them? Or do you carry lots of batteries? X Pro 2 was a challenge with battery life because I'd probably go through three batteries per wedding. I would get to the start of the wedding breakfast, I would change. I would do speeches a little bit of evening and I would change and I would do in the evening and change again. I've just gone to the X-T3 and I'm getting maybe one and a half batteries per wedding now. So it's how do you find better. an X-T3 compared to the X-Pro2? They've changed from an X-Trans 3 to an X-Trans 4 sensor, so it's backlit. Right. So it's a lot snappier in the focus. It's a lot better in low light as well. Uh, it's, it's a tremendous, tremendous camera and uh, it, it's faster. I've got faster cards in there now as well. So again, I, it's not, I'm not having to wait for the buffer. Uh, I, I still shoot RAW and JPEG. So yep. the, the big RAW files, the 50 meg RAW files right. off camera. So and it, it's, it's light, compact, and more importantly from, from England, it's weather resistant. All right, is it? Yeah. Yeah. So if you've got the if you've got the right lenses on the front, the whole kit is weather resistant. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. So you, 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 you do need that in this country. I remember that there was a shot that went through this week and um, with a guy on an umbrella outside a church and I took it and if you have show notes I will take I will, I'll give you the picture of what the camera looked like when I took that picture. It was like it had been dunked in a bucket and it worked absolutely fine. I had Brilliant. no I had no doubt the camera was not gonna fail me when it was wet. So you switched everything over to Fuji? Everything, yeah. Yeah, Fujifilm, I went from uh, DSLR and I, ch I chopped everything in on a Thursday and shot a wedding on a Friday on the new camera system. But back on cruise ships, I'd use Fujifilm S Pro 2s. Right, okay. So I was familiar with the system anyway. Yeah. I know it was a 10 years ago, yeah. but you, once, you, once you kind of know yeah, the you... brand anyway. And um, yeah, I've, I've been Fujifilm since uh, 2016. Oh, okay. Um, let's have a look. What drives you mental? Drives you mental? You know what, it's... People that want stuff other, for nothing. Other than people making a racket. Uh, yeah, in the apart background. from the people that are just standing here, just doing making noise for the sake of it. I'm sure there's a sound effects team around the corner rattling trays. You know? It's it's other suppliers like makeup and hair that just expect you to give you their, your images for free. That grinds my gears. And it's like, you're, would you give me a makeup session for free? Of course you wouldn't. I'm, this is my images are my livelihood. I'm not going to give you one for free. If you want a branded watermark one, by all means, you can have that. That's no. But you want it unwatermarked, then you know it frustrates me that it's just expect stuff for nothing, mm. and it just winds me up a little bit. Yeah, we don't even see a bit of that. Um, we do the same as you. If if we're going to get fully credited, as in that you're going to use the signature yeah. images, of course you can use them. Of course. Um, if you if I know you well enough, and I know that the site is going to be backlinked to us properly. Yeah. Again, I'll happily put non-branded up if you really need it, but yeah. not the resolutions for print. No. You know, there was one supplier once. I, he I, he said to me, um, I'm not going to name him, of course. He said, no, don't worry, logo's fine, we'll have it, no problem at all. And his website, he cut the logo off, so he re-cropped the image to get rid of the logo. I was like, mate, come that's, on, man, that's just not cool. That's not cool. Yeah, that's awful. So, yeah, so that, that, that stuff annoys me a lot. <laughs> clearly. <laughs> I'm going red in the yeah, face, clearly. podcasters. Uh, <laughs> what's the best photography book you've ever, or ever owned or ever bought? I have the Magnum Contact Sheets book. And again, coming from my lab background, yeah. to see photography as purist, yeah. mistakes and all, I think is perfection. I, th I love the fact that you can still see all the China graph marks on the, on the negatives yeah. that, and where they're going to dodge and burn and the crosses and okay. the circles. And I think that's brilliant to see yeah. photography in its purest, purest form. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a funny question. I ask this quite a lot because I love books. Yeah. You know, odds given, you know, I'm a proper digital nerd, yeah. but I love books. And so every time somebody gives me a good reference yeah. for a book I don't, I have a go and order it on Amazon. But also I have, I mean, I shoot film. Uh, I have two Roloflexes and Vivian Mayer's books are fantastic. They're absolutely cheap. She was a, she was a shy, 
hermit so much. And yeah. she, when she died, they found suitcases yeah, of, they of did. films. I've seen the prints. Um, and her books, are, they're exceptional. Uh, my, my last fellowship was on, shot on film, and it kind of inspired, not by her a little bit, but I wanted to do something that hadn't been done for so long. And I think when I got it, it was like the first one in 15 years to go through on film. So uh, that was, for me, that was a big kind of chest out kind of moment. That was, that was good fun. So in your career, uh, very successful as it is, what are, what's your next step? What's coming up? Coming up, I'm off the WPPI yep. in Las Vegas. Uh, if you're ready for me, Vegas, I'm coming back. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I, again, to try and try and give back. I've been very fortunate to be in a position where delegates are here this week. I was I was them ten years ago. I was itching to learn of photographers. You know, I saw Kevin Wilson. I saw Jerry Kionis. I saw some other photographers that are world famous. And I'm now very fortunate to be able to give back to people. That, that my knowledge that I've learned and I, it excites me to be doing that. In, do you enjoy speaking? I love speaking, Paul. It's, Why? It's, I'm a show-off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a show-off. No, I just, again, I'm very passionate about industry. I think if I can help people stop making the mistakes that I made 10 years ago to help them move their career further along and maybe get some prints hanging or make another £10,000 every year from their business, then I'm happy. Mm. I, lo I love to speak. I love judging here. I love speaking here. And that's what's... I'm at, I'm at TPS coming up. I'm on the stages at TPS, again, doing some posing demonstrations and I talked about the Fujifilm system. Yeah. So that's in, in the kind of the short-term future. Long goal, shoot less less yeah. weddings and shoot uh, uh, more. <laughs> I'll let you get away with the fact. Like, for me, it should be fewer weddings. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, fewer <laughs> I, weddings. I, I, my dad, he used to say that. It's fewer, Paul, it's fewer. Fewer and weddings. It's, it's stuck in my head, but apparently the dictionary's being re-evaluated. Is now. it? Yeah, to let the word less be acceptable, yeah. Is that right? Yeah, but I still, still for whatever reason, fewer. It's fewer. Fewer, yeah. What was the highlight of judging this year? I enjoy a good challenge. I enjoy uh, a good the, the challenge. To and fro. To and fro. So there was a print that went through in the Nouveau room. I, was, I judged weddings one day. I was moved to Nouveau. And I got the print. And I was, I was at 95. I was in, bang. I'm like, and everyone else was, they just didn't get it. So I instantly challenged. Spoke about the print. I heard the responses. I rebutted. And it went from an 81 to an 89. So I kind of bumped it up to two score points. And that, for me, I love a challenge. And I love listening because I learn more about prints. When, it, when you have a challenge, you hear other judges' points of view across. That's just broadening yeah, my yeah. mind. And yeah. that's, that's great. And I love it. I love yeah, it. I learned more judging when I was a punter than I did at any master class that I was here. If, you, if any of you get the chance to watch live judging, yeah. do it. Yeah, there's a story. I've, I've not, I don't know the detail of it just yet. Apparently, uh, it was one of the. It's a challenge I raised because we had an image come through at 79. Yeah. I don't know the image. Yeah. So, when, and somebody had relayed the story back to me that um, apparently I stood up for this image right. and got it into the merit. Yeah. Uh, and it's since gone on to be one of the finalists. No way! Wow! So, um, I don't know enough to know more, but I, I'm like you. I do enjoy the yeah. challenge. I, I find it terrifying. Yeah. You know, our room, we were in weddings yeah. with me, you know. Scary. It's, yes. I still find it scary. The responsibility sits uncomfortably. I yes, think. it does. And I love I, it, but it's just when you see something, it's like, do I, don't I? And the, the chair is looking at you because he can see all of the yeah, scores. Yeah. And knows you're higher, but are you going to? I was very fortunate two years ago. Um, I judged the, the 100 score print here. I was on the panel for that. Yeah. And I was, I, I, it came up and I was, wow, this is just incredible. So I, I went in at 94 thinking, I don't think I should have done that, but I, w I was 
that was what I wanted to score it. Yeah. And I didn't, th I didn't think the other judges were going to come with me. And it was challenged instantly. And one of the guys was challenging it to go, to go higher. And I was speaking about the print and it, it went up to the 100. So yeah. I was so nervous. That was the first time I was in the 90s ever. Yeah. I thought the print was worth it, but I'd underscored it at 94 yeah. when, it, when it came back for a challenge. It's very hard because you kind of you stick your neck out, yeah, and then realise it was just you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and there were a couple that I tried the challenge this week, and it, everyone looked at me like I was on drugs. Yeah, yeah. And like, are you sure? I think you were one of the people I challenged the print in the in the in the avant-garde category. I was for it, and you were like, I don't think so. Well, it's um, not, I don't think so. I don't think so. It's I don't see it. Yes, yes. You know, in, in it's it's really hard, and I think this year is the hardest for me was the wedding PJ. Reportage. Yes. Yeah. That was a tough category this I year. I was moved out. Of the I was gutted because I heard some great scores coming through, and yeah. uh, I missed that. So I was gutted. Some to, incredible to, images. I yeah. mean, some wonderfully. You know, there's one in particular uh, that I wanted higher and higher yeah. and pushed really hard. It went. It went. Good. We got yeah. there. It was. You know, it's just. But it's still scary doing it. It's, I don't think people understand the pressure, like you say, that, that we're yeah. under. And when you've got, and you, we can't see the delegates behind us. No. And you can't see, hear the mutterings and the chatterings, mm. and they're thinking, are they with us? Are they against us? And we have to be apt, with absolute conviction. This is why I scored this print. Yeah. And you kind of thinking, okay, 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 I, I can't fudge this up. And um, and it's nothing worse than when the challenge is <laughs> to the left of you. You're the last one to comment. Well, I don't, I have nothing more to add. This is, it's all been said. But you yeah. still have to put a point across eloquently. And, and and fight your corner if you have to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one last question, really, yes. uh, which is, uh, that was your wife who came in? It was, it? yes okay. it was. So she's come down to the show for she has. the drinks this evening. She has. Uh, and to obviously support you yes. and all the rest of it. Uh, what's the best gift you've ever bought her? The best gift I ever bought her, asking her to marry me. No, I'm joking, of course. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I bought her. She's always been. Is this Christmas actually? She she did ballet as a child. She did ballet. Uh, she does fitness. It's called bar. So it's like uh, like a hit class with like ballet poses. In. So I bought tickets to the ballet. Yeah. This year. And she cried when she opened it this year. So that made me very happy. So yeah, I bought tickets to the ballet for Christmas. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. brilliant. Uh, is there any one thing you've you'd like to say on the podcast that we haven't talked about? Is there anything you just you know what? I'd love to be able to say this. No, I think I think. Uh, I've everything. I'm happy right. with Convic and yeah, it's been a, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> you, you've had some you've had some great names on this podcast already. The fact you've got some ginger boy from Essex on the podcast now is uh, I'm, I'm, the thing I'm is, I'm I didn't honest. know you were a ginger because you're bald. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, you have shaved everything off. There is nothing there. No, so I would never know that. But no. you've I'm done pretty well. For, I'm completely bald from the eyebrows up. You've done pretty well for a ginger kid from Essex. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, anyway, it has been my absolute pleasure. Thank it's you. Such a, you're such a nice guy. Your photography is to die for. Thank Thank you. This has been a real thrill. So thank you You're very, welcome. very, very much. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. And so there you have it, a wonderful interview with a rather wonderful photographer. Uh, like I said, uh, that interview was recorded prior uh, to Scott going out to WPPI and winning such an amazing title with this beautiful image. If you get a chance, head across to theedgephotography.co.uk to have a look at more of his work. It really is worth a peruse. Now, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please do leave us a review. Uh, you can head across to iTunes. That's the best place for us. If you'd leave a review on there, that'd be great. And I mean by a review, I mean some words. Some words about your thoughts and how you think we're doing. Uh, if there's things you think we could do better or you have suggestions for interviews, please email me directly. 
Uh, I can be reached at Paul at paulwilkinsonphotography.co.uk. That's Paul at paulwilkinsonphotography.co.uk. Uh, of course, you can subscribe wherever you uh, listen to your podcasts, uh, whether it's on Podbean, which is the native home of this podcast, uh, whether it's on Stitcher, whether it's on iTunes, whether it's on Spotify, or whether it's on uh, Radio Public, or any one of the other various uh, feeds that syndicate across uh, you can also go across to masteringportraitphotography.com, uh, which is the uh, spiritual home, the spiritual home uh, of this podcast. There's a ton of stuff going on there. We have a whole heap of ideas coming down the pipe for you. Uh, so head across to there if you're interested in portrait photography and everything that goes with it. Uh, if, Like I said at the beginning, if you are interested in the Two Fellows workshops, uh, the next one we have confirmed is in Italy. It is from May the 10th to the 15th next year. I know that's over 12 months away, but it will fill up quickly. Uh, if you're interested in that, uh, please do email paul at paulwilkinsonphotography.co.uk and you can head across to thetwofellows.co.uk uh, to see the details currently of this year's, uh, but in the next few days I'll update that. Uh, with next year's uh, and so that brings this podcast neatly to a close cannot wait to get back in front of the microphone and do some more but until next time remember be kind to yourself take care <laughs>